Walking Through Glass, the podcast, the podcast where you are invited to ear hustle on an intimate conversation between real women as they discuss their journey, joys, and diva hacks. I am your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, executive coach, international best-selling author, and bold woman walking through glass every day. Walking Through Glass is about the struggle we face on our journey, which I describe as walking through glass. Our conscious conversations are all about real talk with real women that are doing their best to navigate fear, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, limited beliefs, negative self-talk, and other BS, you know, belief systems. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome, 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 Chanel, to our special edition of Walking Through Glass, the podcast, where we really talk about race, class, and sisterhood. And with so much happening in the world today, I know that, um, well, like me, there's many times I'm up, I'm down, I'm in between, I'm happy, I'm reflective, I'm a little morose sometimes, I'm triggered, I'm experiencing this whole spectrum of emotions, sometimes within the same minute, it feels like. And so I wanted to open up the platform for women, black, white, Puerto Rican, Haitian, doesn't matter for women to talk about race in a safe space, to talk about even the classism that's, um, is connected to that. And also that, that sisterhood or any and all of the things that go in between. So welcome. And thank you for joining me today for this special, special edition of walking the glass. Thank you. I'm super, super excited to be here. You, I absolutely love your platform. So it's an honor to be a guest. And I'm excited about the conversation, especially because of the climate that we're in at this time. So, so what's going on? What's, what's on your mind? And I, I'll start there because a lot of us, and I know that from people kind of reaching out behind the scenes, is that some people are speaking out, but many people are holding things in. And they got a lot going on in their mind and that they're just kind of like, where do I go from here? So what's been on your mind? Um, when you said the word triggered, it, it like resonated with me. Um, because as a black woman, I feel, um, it more, I haven't had to deal with it from a personal level as much, but from a corporate level, um, I've 
had those challenges and I felt like maybe it's me and I may be reading into things a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, you know, we're sensitive, we're this, we're that and um, or overanalyzing. And so in seeing all of this unfolding, it just made me feel like, wait, maybe I wasn't going crazy. And maybe my experiences were really real. Um, and with how things are unfolding and how things are being unmasked and people are showing their true colors, um, ultimately. And it also made me super sad at the same time too, because it's just like, it's, it's coming from a place of frustration and I, and I'm one of the people where I'm not really saying much about it only because I'm just tired of the over explaining. I'm tired of the debating. I'm like, it's just, we're not sitting here saying no one else matters. We're just saying that we matter and would like to matter at some point, um, to someone (laughs) ultimately. So, um, that's kind of where I am at this point with it and just navigating through the emotions and figuring out it, and also pushed me more in regards to my brand message and the point of my brand in creating a table for those who feel like they have to fight for a seat at someone else's table. Wow. Wow. You said a mouthful and, and, and then some, and when I say triggered, I realize that as I've been sitting in and I advise every single person, black, white, Latino, Latina, no matter your ethnic association or your cultural connection, is to sit in your space and figure out just where you are right now. And I say that because I realized that I'd read a post and it's almost like I have this um, sick relationship (laughs) with like Facebook and the media to see what's next. I don't want to see it, but I go see it. I go see it. I'm tired. I feel overstimulated, but I go back to it. It's like that train wreck. And, you know, (laughs) I keep going to watch. And I realize that I'm really triggered. And so I'm extremely emotional. Right. And yesterday, I took my son to the Black Lives Matter peace protest on Hollywood and Vine in Los Angeles. And it was over, it was one of large, over 20,000 wow. people. Some said near more 50, but it was over 20,000. It was extremely peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I had decided early on, and, I don't, and, and there's probably multiple levels, but I'm still digging into my why mm-hmm. as to where my space was, because we all have a space on this journey right. and in this role of being an anti-racist and an activist. Mm-hmm. And someone of previous guests said about, instead of being an anti-something right now, how about we be a pro-something? Right. Why don't you be a pro your understanding, a pro your own, you know? Right. And so I had to start asking myself some hard questions. And so I said, there was probably about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And I said, I'm going to this protest tomorrow. And immediately the nerds was like, oh, don't go. It might get dangerous. Right. And so then I got up, I said, Hey Xavier, do you want to go to this protest? He said, absolutely. And I was like, okay, great. If he is going to be part of the solution. And if he is also at the root of the unrest. He has to see it. But I realized that I had to lead him Mm -hmm. in that space too, because I know my child is not the one to say, Hey mom, I'm going out to go protest because that wasn't his world. And so I kept asking myself, what's triggering you about this? Because 
when George Floyd called for his mama, mm-hmm. they say all mamas in the world rose up. Right. <laughs> and I look at my son and think, it could be him. Right. Him calling for his mama. Mm-hmm. And I keep getting triggered all over again. So, yes, I want to be a part. And even when I was there and I was walking in the masses and I was seeing people all different from every walk of life, young, old, strollers, wheelchairs, I was just triggered and moved and overwhelmed with emotion. And I thought about how many times have I been silent and didn't say anything just Mm -hmm. to move forward with the status quo. Right. How many times, you know, have I been professionally bullied Mm -hmm. even when I was in a position Mm -hmm. that although I was in quote unquote a perceived position of power, I was actually being bullied by subordinates Mm -hmm. because they knew that they had the power. Yes. They had the privilege mm-hmm. to persecute me. Yes. All of that I have been feeling a lot of lately. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you, you start like thinking, not do this because you made me cry because you're like literally I mean, talking to my soul. I can't. <laughs> yeah. But when you said that, you were talking to my soul. Mm-hmm. It was like, how many times? So when I think about all of the things I've done and I haven't done Mm -hmm. to secure and to build generational wealth for my future, my Mm -hmm. family, Mm -hmm. how much have that been rooted in a mindset that subconsciously believed that even if I built, there was someone who actually can persecute and punish me. For my success. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Like literally, that is unfortunately part of my fear um in success. Um, like literally, I in in resigning from my job, that was a major piece of it. Um, and part of me felt like I allowed those people to win. Um, if I looked at it, if I didn't shift my mindset, if that makes sense. Um, and that's part of my fear in, um, in one fighting back because I like, this has like literally erupted like the fire in me to be like, ah, you have a voice and you need to use it. And cause if you don't, then it will never, it will never change. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then at the same time, it's like when you get to a certain level of success, is there's always people that like their main goal in life is to bring you down. And that's what I feel the climate that we are in is. It's like, we, we're not sitting here and saying, you know, we're, woe is me. We're the victims. We're saying like, we're tired of feeling the way that we feel. Like it's, it's not that we're saying, Oh, we deserve, millions of dollars and we deserve this and we deserve that. We're saying, can you just act like you see us for five minutes? Like, can you act like we're actually equal for five minutes? Why is it that me as forget, 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 forget 
the the woman part because that by itself is a is a whole nother that's a issue. whole nother thing I do want to address at some issue, point right? in this. But go like, ahead, I do want to even talk about that part. Right, like just me being black. Why is it that I have to work fifteen times harder to get the same thing? And I'm probably smarter. I'm probably I'm probably more gifted. I'm probably more talented. Why is it that I'm always overlooked? Why is it that I don't matter? Like you see what I'm like, why is that the case? And it's so frustrating. And when you mentioned about your son and 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 you feeling in the experience of of it being potentially him or it could be him, it's the same thing that I felt last week. Like I'm just my my brother and my sister and um my daughter just simply went to to Krispy Kreme in Publix. And I immediately started freaking out because they were gone 15 minutes too long. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, what if they got caught in the middle of something? What if somebody, you know, and that, why is that, why is that my norm? Why is that, oh, like, why is that shouldn't even be an issue? Like, you see what I'm saying? And it's so, it's so frustrating, honestly. And it's, it, and again, it brings me to the, the point of feeling like super sad because I don't, my goal is for them to never have to fight to get up the totem pole. My goal is for them to have their own totem pole. You know what I mean? I don't want you to have to fight for a seat at anybody's table or for anybody to have the power to take anything away from you. So my goal is to build that from for you now. So when you're of age, it's just like, mom, I want to be a doctor or I am a doctor and I don't have to fight to work in somebody's hospital. I'm just going to go build my own clinic or my own what like you said I'm saying like that's my goal that is my mission for this exact purpose and for this reason is just like I don't want my children to ever have to feel less than or marginalized or discriminated by and at the end of the day I don't have control over the world but I have control over what I can set them up for so that they don't have to necessarily deal with certain aspects of that you know what I'm saying um and it's just yeah it's just I'm sorry (laughs) I'm just no, so it's go- no, I get yeah, it. I get it. <laughs> no, I get it. No, but it's, I, I get it. It's that, like I said, but you have to go in this journey. You've got to go and sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got to do some literally soul searching, some mindset clearing, mm-hmm. and some honest conversation with yourself before you open your mouth to speak to the masses. Right. And, and I keep saying the word triggered and I'm, tempted to write, or I'm in the process of writing, um, a piece is probably going to be more on a, in a prose format on, on trigger because even our white allies, mm-hmm. I feel some kind of way even saying that term, yep. <laughs> but for sake, lack of a better term and, and for people to understand my flow of consciousness and conversation white allies. And there's a few people that I didn't delete them because I want to give them grace, but I did have to remove them from my feed and unfollow them. So I don't see any of their stuff. Mm -hmm. And not because they're making outright blatant racist type stuff, Mm -hmm. but they are so bogged down in the sense of self. And that's why you saw me post a, a post and said, what if your truth was a lie? Right. (laughs) <laughs> and it was, I know it's powerful if you think about it mm-hmm. and they are posting things like this. And it was one particular person that was a repost and 
it was a counter to the fact that I'm trying, I am trying to help and I keep getting my feelings hurt and I say something and I'm scared because I keep saying something wrong and someone fusses at me and I keep trying and I'm trying to help, I'm trying to love and they're not, they're not appreciate what I'm doing. Triggered. Right. Can you imagine 401 <laughs> years? Huh. Of doing it right, mm-hmm. putting your heart, soul, and effort into everything, mm-hmm. and still being hunted down—not mm-hmm. just got your feelings hurt, but mm-hmm. hunted down. Amen. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. one week of civil unrest, because you decided to get woke, because <laughs> right. something awakened you, you have the gall and audacity to publicly whine. About somebody hurting your feelings right. when you try to say something nice and you finally tried to stand up and say black lives mattered. Right. When I tell you, it puts me in some kind of way Absolutely. because I understand and I don't condone anyone being rude or disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So the person who's lashing out. That's why I said, get clear with yourself, understand your triggers and know kind of deal with that. But on the other side, you now go put up back the whole, it's like your white privilege personified and your white fragility amplified. Right. It's like, it's like you, what I feel like is they expected an award for finally saying something. And it's like, it's cute. We appreciate it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's like this is nothing new. So your little sprinkle of confetti is like, okay, but it's a war outside. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, right, it, right. You, you know they throw grenades like, at us and you throwing confetti. Right. It's, <laughs> it's like, we, we appreciate the, the notion, but at the same time, it's like, like, no, like, it, okay. So then with that, what is your motive of doing it? Because if you're upset because you're not getting the pat on the back and there, and you're not getting the, oh my gosh, like, what did you, what did you expect? A welcome part? Like, what was the point <laughs> right. of doing that? You see what I'm right. saying? And then well, you're looking also, for credit yeah. and acknowledgement right. and you're and looking then, for, yeah. yeah, no, but you're, you're right. I'm just agreeing with you. I'm like, right. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Or was it that you wanted you, you, you now, now you're instead of now you're playing the victim card now. And it's like, again, back to that space of, oh my gosh, I tried and I didn't work. And so now somebody hold me and console me. And it's like, back to what you said in the white privilege is like, okay. Like, you know, like, it's just, oh my God. But I also see, which it gets a little frustrating for me. Like I said, Mm -hmm. I, I feel I'm, I'm back and forth. I feel a little um, there's, I had, there's a dichotomy that Mm -hmm. exists because I then also see many black people Mm -hmm. trying so hard to prove to their white allies and white friends that they're not mad at them. Right. And I'm thinking, do you realize that that's also part of the psychosis? Right. That you keep feeling that you have to prove it's not, 
and it's much deeper because you know how I love to study brain science. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said, I'm not talking about, it's just the polite thing to do. I'm not talking about that. It is the polite thing to do if that was just it, but it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's a deep seated fear that I don't want to make master mad. Yep. <laughs> because master made me one of their house Negroes or yep. head Negroes in charge. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm still on good terms with them after yep. this is over. Yeah. And, and it's, um, it's that part of feeling that I get. Mm-hmm. Because I have white friends or white allies who are in the game. Like, they make me like, shoot, let me step up my game because they really about it. You know what I mean? And yeah. never once, right. never once have they been like, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. They are out there. I just happen to see what they're doing. Right. They're in their communities. They're talking to their other white friends and people in position and power. They are not trying to just be, okay, let me prove to my black friends. Right. And the black masses or capitalize on this black moment. They are actually talking about, hey, here's who we need to vote. Hey, here's how we need to use our power. And they are doing it in their own communities. And they are doing it without saying, hey, look at me. Hey, Dina, look, look what I just did. Right. And the correspondence I've gotten for them is like, I'm checking on you. Are you good? Right. I got I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm good. And I know if Erin listens to this, she's going to get a kick out of this piece is that Erin Good, who's mm-hmm. been on my show and and she's truly like my sister from another mister we met, connected. I mean, I absolutely love her. I love her spirit, her dynamicism. And she's always been a social activist and a person. I mean, these are parts of her dynamic, her dynamic. But someone had posted something on my page. And, you know, she went like ham on a comment <laughs> in my, um, and I, and I reached out, I said, oh, I actually know that person. They're kind of harmless. They're just kind of not, they weren't really thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and that person was a black person actually. Yeah. And she went ham. Right. And she texted me and I said, I actually know. And I'm laughing. She says, I just need you to know. I cut a bitch. Okay. I have no problem doing that for you. And it was not, let me do this. And I'm doing, when I say it made me feel some kind of way that I know everything that she does is from her heart, from her soul. And she's for the marathon. Right. Not right now. Why it's popular because the other part of what I'm also feeling triggered by mm-hmm. is that, it's almost like fish and relatives. What's going to happen after three days? Right. Do you want them to leave? Are you done? Is it spoiled? You got to throw it out onto the next. And right. so I'm also looking and monitoring because if you're looking at systemic racism, institutionalized racism, if we're looking at the practices that are embedded into the very the very policies and procedures and the practices that we have gotten so accustomed to, it's not going to be done in a day, in a month, in a week, right? even a year. Mm-hmm. So are you burning all your glycogen <laughs> at the beginning? Right. <laughs> and then you go filter out before the race gets started? Right. That's also 
been sitting on my mind. And I was asking myself that too. I'm not just asking it of other people. I'm like, okay, what's your long game, chick? What's your long game? Right. And, and, and that's part of the fear piece of it too. It's like, like it just has to, like it just has to change. And, and, and I've, it's been, I was talking to um, someone yesterday and she's considered a baby boomer. And she was talking about how she was a part of the desegregation. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, like you, it, you don't realize how the things or the changes that were made were not that long ago. You know what I'm saying? Because so many, so, so many things have happened in between that time that it feels like certain things as desegregation and not having to drink from separate fountains and not having to be on the back of the bus. It feels as though it was like hundreds of years ago, but it really was not. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and it's like, we're still, we're, and now we're still fighting to matter. Like, (laughs) and it's, it's like, it's unreal. And I love to see all of the people that are, like genuinely speaking out and companies and, and, and we could, like you said, allies for lack of a better term, but are like literally banding together on our side. And it's like, and it makes you feel as though, wow, like I'm finally feeling like my voice, at least my voice matters. You see what I'm saying? But to your point of the systems and institutionalization, institutionalization, sorry, can't speak today (laughs) of Mm -hmm. what it's been. And breaking that, it's li- you have to like literally break it from its core, and that means that you have to literally remove certain people that have built it and that are still in control of it in some capacity, and pull them out. Like you have to pull it from the root because if not, then it's just literally going to be like putting a band aid over a gunshot wound or putting a band aid over uh, you being sliced open with a sword or something. Like you know what I'm saying and and it's and it's it's i love to see the camaraderie and everybody coming together because it's like wow like i'm i'm me as just an individual and it's starting to feel some form of value um and not saying that i need somebody to value me but in regards to just how how we've been so oppressed and suppressed and marginalized and like all of those things it finally feels like we're at the forefront in some capacity and we're fighting against something as a collective versus a one man being outside and trying to shout to the world you know what I mean and and so it feels like we certain things had to happen in order for us to push and force us into the the moment that we are in now wow I mean, (laughs) wow. Yes. Wow. And the power of conversations like these are part of the dialogue that needs to take place in order for us to move forward and to challenge the system Mm -hmm. and overthrow the oppressed practices 
But I find that even now and even in corporate and even the different ones, people are still reluctant. They're still nervous mm-hmm. on having these conversations on both sides. Here's the part that for everyone listening, those of you that may not be black who are listening and you're expecting every black person to be a black spurt. I've decided to coin the term <laughs> black spurt. I like that word. Okay is that you've turned almost every one of your black friends into a black spurt and have gone to them and say, what am I supposed to be doing? If you've done that, if you've done that, some of you haven't, what am I supposed to do? What can I do? How should I, as if they're the black spurt right? without recognizing that many black people and other period people of color are processing this Many of us are in a state of trauma. Right. It's like it's like someone being in a massive car wreck and watching their whole family die. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of them sitting and trying to plan the funeral and what's gonna happen next, you're saying, Okay, so how do I stop this type of huh? (laughs) I'm I'm still dealing with and and even though I've been in car accidents before, I've seen them before, this one's different. Right. And what happened with George Floyd mm-hmm. coming so soon after Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I said I want to talk about black women mm-hmm. in this. Breonna Taylor. And also dealing with Ahmaud Aubrey, even though he wasn't gunned down by the police, but it was a former district attorney. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. I, I, so it's more than okay. <sighs> that this is different for many of us because it was televised mm-hmm. and it was filmed mm-hmm. and it was done in such a way where it evoked a reaction this time. Mm-hmm. It has been filmed before, mm-hmm. Sandra Bland. And, mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's been talked about before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eric Garner. I mean, it's been it's been done before, yeah. but somehow it was different this time. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you exactly why it was like why? Like so what happens in my opinion? is they always find a way to put it back put put it back on the victim. And that's why a lot of people are f- afraid to speak up and a lot of people are afraid to to do to stand up and do this and do that because they're afraid of being victimized and from a fear from a fear perspective. And the difference is there was no way that you could have even if they tried. <laughs> there was no and they tried to Put it back on the individual. Oh, well, they may have done this to provoke it, or maybe they had done this to do that, right? You literally saw it in his face that he did not, like there were- Eight minutes. Right, Almost eight, nine minutes. You might as well say nine minutes. He was already handcuffed to the floor. There were three other people on top of him. So there's nowhere you're going to tell me that that came from, oh, I was scared. Like you could literally see, like it was as if his soul had left his body, and he no longer was a law and a law a, a, a man of the law. It was he took his his he had his hood on <laughs> to say 
the least. Oh, uh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? And there was no way that you, no matter how you try to, to deflect it and make up the excuses, oh, he was probably crazy and they had to detain him. You literally made the decision and the choice to still sit there. People are screaming at you. There was no way that they could twist it and make it a, a different story and a different, there was no way that, that you could do that. You know what I mean? And to, and to justify his action, there was no way. And you literally, I literally felt like I was, and I feel like many did, that we were back in the 1900s, 1800, like that's what it literally felt like. Like he and was a slave, he was a fugitive slave catcher. Absolutely. Like and it, he can do whatever he wanted to do. The, the look of his face and his eyes mm-hmm. is what triggers me every time. I don't watch it anymore, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, mm-hmm. because um, I'm, for my own emotional well-being, absolutely, I don't watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what's haunting for me mm-hmm. was the look in his eyes, even though they were filming, even though it was, it was Matt, city street people, everybody's out there. Right. It was like, and so what? I'm going to get away with this. And mm-hmm. so what? What mm-hmm. are you going to do? So what? Mm-hmm. I could kill this man right here and nothing's going to happen to me because right. this is America. Absolutely. That's what I got from his face. Mm-hmm. And so that haunts me. Mm-hmm. That haunts me. And so I'm still working through that. So I'll be doing something. I'll be working and I get triggered in that part. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he called for his mother. Mm-hmm. It was like hearing my baby cry mm-hmm. because I read, I mean, I see different memes and people post, if you can be in any place, a store, whatever, if any child calls for their mama, every woman in the place turns around. Mm-hmm. Your kids can be 50 years old. Right. But as soon as a child says mama and calls for mama, mm-hmm. it's like something, your ovaries start, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> people, I'm sure they, if they had breast milk, might start leaking. You know what I'm saying? Like they said, when a baby mm-hmm. cries and even if it's not your baby, mm-hmm. if you've just given birth, mm-hmm. it will trigger your flow, your milk and everything else. So mm-hmm. it was like, that is what keeps triggering that space. So I have to literally, and I, I have to daily mentally begin to work through processing yep. that to mm-hmm. remove it. So it doesn't impact me moving forward right. because during all of this and looking at what's next. And so I wanted to just shift the conversation a little bit mm-hmm. to women mm-hmm. and the role of women in these fights and how powerful our voice is, how powerful our voice is in the voting realm. Mm-hmm. And that we have an opportunity to truly impact change. But even in the dialogue, I think that when we're saying Black Lives Matter, many people think of it as Black male lives matter. Mm -hmm. Not Black girls matter, Black women matter. It's like we're still a secondary, even in that own space. And so I'm also dealing with that trigger. Right. And yeah, Black Lives Matter. I'm Black too. Mm-hmm. But I still think that there's a disparity. I still see that there's a disparity when it comes to rallying for Black women. Mm-hmm. And the highlight and the focus is primarily on Black men. And girls, I just saw 
a premiere review, I think it's called Pushed Out. Mm-hmm. And it's about the villainization of um, black girls in school. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, blows your way. Blows your way. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to host a watch party. Okay. And on one of my platforms, I'm going to do a watch party and a discussion um, to follow because it's really, really powerful when we talk about where do we start? And I said that to say is where do we start? Where do we start the healing process for ourselves? Because in all honesty, although I want to begin to break down the bricks and tear down the walls of institutionalized racism mm-hmm. and, you know, systemic, you know, biases and, and policies and procedures that intentionally erode at the heart of um, prosperity and equality um, for Blacks, I'm very concerned about mental health Mm -hmm. for Black women. Why? Because I'm a Black woman. Right. You know? (laughs) So I'm going to (laughs) speak to that. And me speaking to that doesn't negate that Black lives matter. Right. But I'm very concerned about our mental health and wellness, because this hits differently for us. Right. It's our brothers. It's our sisters. And every black male has a mama. Right. I'm just <laughs> like, it's, it's like a, two, for like, I, for black women, I feel like it's a two level process. Got it. Um, Because men have always been at the forefront. Even, even, even in the race, it's always been the men are superior. So no matter what for, it's always going to be a two part for, for women. So when I was going through, um, like climbing the ladder, I had to combat that I was black. And then I had to combat that I was a woman Whereas as a man, as a black man, you're not necessarily combating that just just in saying in leveling up in life, you're not combating that you're a man because they always see men as superior. You're com- you're combating that you're black. Does it make sense? So for like black women, like for me, I had to I had to deal with certain challenges that a black that a white man wouldn't deal with, but I had to, and a black man might um, not have to deal with, but as a black woman that I would have to deal with, with the level of disrespect, with the level of harassment, with the level of, with the level of just of, of not feeling violated um, on a day-to-day basis. It's like, okay, if I was a man, would you say this to me? You see what I'm saying? And then on top of that, if I was, if I wasn't black, would you say that to me? Versus a a black man is just like, I'm a man, so you're going to have a level of respect for me, but I'm black, so you're disrespecting me. Does that make sense? You have a, for women, we have a twofold. For black women, we have a twofold. We're fighting to be respected as a woman, and then now we're fighting to be respected as a black woman. And it's like, it's, it's such a battle, and it's so, and you, and then you have to deal with the, the challenges that you see on a day-to-day basis and feeling inferior to, to society in general as a woman. And it's like, it's so, it can sometimes be a heavy, heavy, heavy burden to carry. And it can sometimes from a mental health perspective, make you feel 
like so super depressed and so super um, triggered and so so emotionally just overwhelmed because it's just like I feel like I'm fighting two separate wars. Um, and as a mom, and it's even harder because you have to deal with the the challenges that you feel internally and emotionally, but you still have to be strong for for everybody else, if that makes sense. So when you said to make sure that as a woman that we are okay and as and in our mental space and our emotional space, it, that was very important to say because sometimes as a black woman, we put everybody before ourselves and we don't take care of our needs because we're so f- focused and rallying for the black man and the, everybody else, essentially. Right. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Is that we get so caught up rallying for everybody else that once again, our very nature of putting mm-hmm. everybody else before ourselves, mm-hmm. um, kind of we we kind of fall um, into that space. So mm-hmm. you are absolutely like just on target, you know, with that. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, that's part of like that challenge. I feel like I'm on this emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I now, um, because of my I can put the conversation in context, in historical Mm -hmm. context, because Mm -hmm. of my subject matter knowledge Mm -hmm. of the history and elements of history of racism in America. Mm -hmm. So my value add to the conversation is a little bit different Mm -hmm. than others. But it also then puts you in a position where you become the black spurt. Right. (laughs) And and it's not that I, 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 I mind that as long as we can have conversations that expand outside of and -hmm. look at long-term opportunities to build diverse and inclusive environments for black women, Mm -hmm. women of color, other minority ethnic groups as a whole. And that although right now the hose is placed on black lives matter because that's they're in the greatest peril right now is that, when we're looking at dealing with the system, I believe is that we have to do what I call backwards planning. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we're inclusive of what we're tearing down and building back up. Right. Because we don't want to ignore the black women in the recreation of, we don't want to ignore other minority ethnic groups in the re- or then it's or then it becomes the next you know cycle, mm-hmm. and so that's also on my mind. <laughs> of okay, so what's what's the what you know? And I and I sit down and I process that and I think on that and think about where's my value add to the conversation right. with that. And in all honesty, and this is the part that I'm going to be a thousand percent transparent mm-hmm. with is that right now I'm tired. Yes. And I'm tired and I'm a little frustrated mm-hmm. because as you know, we've talked about, I have some amazing things in the works yeah. and I have some amazing launches. I'm in the middle of a launch mm-hmm. and I'm in the middle of a creation and I'm in the middle of, you know, and at that, in that context of it all, I'm still having to deal with this and it's not 
as a secondary or tertiary space. It's a primary space. Mm -hmm. When right now, in all honesty, I really want to work on Futurecast. I really want to work on my program launch. I really want to work on, you know, the new client portal that I'm building. You know, I really want to work on that. But yet I'm torn between the activism piece and where I fit and working and, and, and wanting to be selfish, like, okay, white people, y'all go figure this out. Cause I got to finish working on my business. Right. Cause it feels like it's always something. And it's just like, uh, and this is, this is an even bigger, like, like, you know how you, like, we have our own challenges internally that we deal with mentally, emotionally, whatever it is in, in stepping out and, getting things done and executed in our business. But then now this, and now this is like in your face and you kind of battle with like, dang, like if I don't put the focus on that, then I don't feel like I'm doing my part. But then I've been doing this for so long. It's just like, I just want to just, can I just like, I see this, I hear this and I want to give my energy to this, but it's going to take away from everything that I've been building from this point. And it's like, like you said, the being tired is just like, like, it's just so like, it's just so, it's so heavy. Like it's so heavy to carry that it can literally, if you really put your time and energy and focus into that, it can literally completely throw you off of everything that you've been working on. So it's like that battle of, I want, I I want to use my voice. I want to be present in that. But then it's like, I know that it's going to pull me away from everything that I've been building, everything that I've been working on, everything that, so you feel guilty ultimately. And it's like, well, then what, like either way, how, like if you don't focus on what you're building, then at the same time, you're still, it, it's still pulling away from the the activism piece because you building your platform, you doing, you building your table will then create opportunities to help those who are having challenges in that world. You know what I'm saying? Meaning like in you having your client portal and you having your future cast, you will be helping the masses, but in a different way where you're sharing your knowledge, you're sharing your expertise, you're sharing others' expertise, and then it'll evoke somebody else to say, oh, wow, like and that may be a Black woman or from another race or whatever it is. And it's like, it's the battle between the two. It's the battle of the longevity of it and the battle of what's happening right now. That part. And <laughs> with that too, like, I'm, yes, here's the part. And, you know, and I didn't want to end without kind of talking about the fact that you still can be happy right now. Mm-hmm. Black people can be happy. White people can be happy. Mm-hmm. Everybody can still be happy. You don't have mm-hmm. to be angry, mm-hmm. mad, and frustrated, and in a rage, right? To prove that Black lives matter, mm-hmm. because it's love that's truly going to dismantle mm-hmm. the very system that has built up the hate, right, of others, right. and so. I feel like people feel guilty for being happy. So they try to hide being happy mm-hmm. or when they are happy, then they kind of, you know, rebuke themselves for being happy. And mm-hmm. how do I know this? Because the other day I was feeling happy mm-hmm. about something. And for a moment I stopped myself like, 
can I be happy right now when the world is so mad? Right. And I was like, yeah, you could be happy. You're going to have to go on with your life because you're in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the long game. Mm-hmm. And so I need to strengthen, you know, myself, my platform, and my use my influence to, mm-hmm. for impact. Right. And it doesn't mean I have to be mad and angry right. to do it. And so this is a conversation I have with myself. So if y'all out there listening, if this is you, I want you to kind of take this and, and you think about that. And I don't know if you were feeling it, but I know I was. So I'm, I'm telling on myself. I ain't telling right. nobody <laughs> but myself. Because I've had the gamut of emotions. Like I've been dealing with people coming up I'm like, y'all, do you know this has been 48 years of my life? Right. Okay. Right. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's blase. I'm not saying it's important, but okay. I've been doing this for 48 years. I've been black for 48 years and I've had on my journey, multiple incidents, incidents of, you know, microaggressions, macroaggressions, etc. And right now I felt like I was really coming into my own season mm-hmm. and I was really finding some momentum. And on some level, I feel like, here we go, being black once again knocks mm-hmm. me off my game, mm-hmm. but in a different way. Right. Does that make sense? Like, I, I hate to, I, it's in, and it's like, okay, being black once again, because I got to go put on my black cape now. Right. And be the black spurt. Yes. And, and if I start pushing a lot of the other stuff, you know, I have to deal with the heifer who's like, how dare you be concerned about building a business when the world is in turmoil? Well, that's what we need to. That's what the, that's the problem is that we need to be building businesses and taking those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said, I feel like at sometimes I can't win for losing. Right. You know, it's like, okay, when is it my turn as a black woman Mm -hmm. to really just be about what I want to do? Mm-hmm. As a black woman, and then the little smack myself of going, okay, <laughs> get off, you know, feel sorry for yourself for 10 minutes, go and get your 10 minutes out, mm-hmm. and now let's go and do what we got to do. And then, how can we begin to turn those opportunities into um, additional revenue streams, additional opportunities to use our excellence um, to impact change, but also to grow our businesses. So then after my 10 minutes was over, I was like, okay, girl, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Here's what we going to do. Right. Because the goal didn't change and it hasn't changed, but the plan had to adjust. And now it's more impactful. Right. So, well, I want to make sure that you have what, what, you know, we can go on like, you know, we can go on for forever and 15 days, but what would you like to, what would be your final thoughts to share with those listeners out there who are navigating this season um, right now, who may, you know, look like you and who may not look like you? What advice mm-hmm. do you have for them? Um, I will say that um, we have all experienced um racism and discrimination and violations in in different ways but in order wait, to, let me ask a question are you talking to black women or women in general i'm talking to to black women okay and and aside from being a black woman women in general um okay, because you. i want to be clear <laughs> <laughs> um um 
So for for all women, I will say we've all been impacted by in a certain way um, by someone in in a negative way, and we have to shift our minds from victim to warrior in the sense of of taking your power back and and not allowing the experiences that you had to define who you can be and who you are. And for Black women, I will say this is the time for you to to truly rise up and figure out what can I do to truly impact myself and be who I want to be in this world. But remember that you are creating generations to come. So how can I, how can I as an individual take all of my experiences and not be angry and not be a victim and not be miserable and not, and not allow that to have power over me, but to use it as a tool to fuel you to step into who you are destined to be in this world. And that's literally what my goal is. My goal is to impact the masses from my experiences, because I don't want anybody to feel alone in what they're doing. And I want you to know that you're not alone or in what they're experiencing, that you are not alone. And there are so many people that may have a similar story to you and you using your voice and you stepping up and you being who you know you want to be inside and not allowing the world to pull it away from you will impact so many, even if it's on a minuscule level, even if it's just one person it will, it's powerful in itself and you are powerful and you are beautiful and you are strong no matter who tells you otherwise. Okay. Well, there you got it. Bloop. <laughs> there it is. I mean, like bloop. There it is. And I just want to say thank you, um, Chanel for coming on and just really sharing, you know, your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your expertise and your journey uh, with our listeners. And um, I look forward to definitely additional, you know, conversations. And for those of you that are listening, if anything about this show resonates with you, and I'm just going to say, I know it did. Uh, <laughs> let's just be honest. Please share, 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 share. And if you are interested in having your own race, class, and sisterhood conversation, please reach out to me at Dr. Dina, D-R-D-E-E-N-A, at Dr. Dina Speaks, D-R-D-E-E-N-A-S-P-E-A-K-S.com and let me know and we'll get you on the schedule. I'd love to have a conscious conversation with you as well. So thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate um, you having your time and I would really appreciate, would you appreciate Chanel, if they actually went to iTunes and left an iTunes review, Yes. Would you appreciate that? Can we, can we and we need a review? Thank you. We, yes. Let, let's 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 leave some reviews and really get the word out there because that actually does have impact. So if you want to help a black podcaster, go to iTunes and review Walking Through Glass the Podcast. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. I appreciate you. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>